Luxury is the wolf at the door, and its fangs are the vanities and conceits germinated by success. When an artist learns this, he knows where the danger is. These are Tennessee Williams' thoughts on luxury. We spoke to Catherine Cavese of the University of Melbourne to explore her views. Well, my field is Renaissance Italian history, and most people, I think fairly unreflectively, see luxury and the Renaissance as going hand in hand. So it's seen as central to the period. Uh, and it's just a plethora of books, articles, which use luxury in the title and luxury in the Renaissance or the luxury crafts of the Renaissance. So it's central, and yet at the same time, despite that centrality, I don't think it has been explored or teased out enough. Uh, but particularly in recent years, there has been, uh, with the work of people like Richard Goldthwaite, for example, there has been a new emphasis on the economic preconditions for the material output that we so associate with the Renaissance, so that it's not as though someone like Michelangelo was just in isolation inspired in his garret producing the things that he did, as Richard Goldthwaite rightly points out, that increasingly there is a, an emphasis on the economic preconditions which underpin so much of the material output which we associate with the Renaissance and that it is uh, an increased number of people with access to more money that enables the output of the Renaissance to take place. And so luxury is seen as essential there, the spreading of uh, or ability to consume beyond the basic necessities that is uh, central to this period and is the first period since ancient Rome uh, when more people in the population have access to more wealth. Despite its centrality and people looking at the economic underpinnings, there has been surprisingly little work done on actually teasing apart the discourses in the period and that people were not just happy that there was so much more money and ability to spend and consume, that people were greatly troubled by it and trying to work out, well, who should be consuming and if it's not just the ruling body who have access to money but other people do, what does that mean? What are the implications of it? Uh, what does it mean if everybody is consuming and in particular in a society in which they're uh, is an overwhelming Christian paradigm, to what extent should people be consuming and obsessed with consuming uh, and with material goods rather than being focused on the poor and the goods of their eternal souls and what will happen to them in the afterlife. So it's in this period too that you get the beginnings of a discourse about the ethics of consumption which now feed on into current discourse and that's what I find so fascinating, the ways in which those discourses have changed over time so that you can get someone like Barack Obama decrying the ethics of greed in our day, but in our day, to a large extent, many of the societies engaged in that kind of consumption are post-Christian. So what are, the, what are the messages that stay the same? How do we wrestle with these? How do they change when you have different moral paradigms and imperatives operating? And I just think it's very exciting that a luxury network has been established that can explore a lot of these ideas from a range of perspectives, both the material culture itself, but also those looking at the discourses around it, but also looking at the long durée of luxury. And so that while it might seem like a, a very self-indulgent network, and to some extent it is, we're having a lot of fun with the network, that actually these questions are really serious and uh, all you need to do is look at the recent you know, catastrophe in Bangladesh uh, and many other examples where uh, people in the third world are exploited in all sorts of ways or the, or the apple factories in China mm -hmm. and those sorts of things that 
uh, these are really burning and important questions. This the whole luxury market and consumerism uh, and the global reach of it is really important to look at properly in a historical perspective and to really tease out the questions that are raised by this. You've just been listening to Catherine Cavese of the University of Melbourne discussing her view of luxury. This podcast was brought to you by the University of Warwick's Knowledge Centre. I'm GB Jenkins and the producer was Craig Hicks. The Luxury Network is formed of the Global History and Culture Centre at the University of Warwick, the VNA, Stockholm University, University of Melbourne and the University of Bologna. To find out more about the network, visit warwick.ac.uk forward slash luxury. Discover similar podcasts, articles and related ephemera at warwick.ac.uk forward slash knowledge.